The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond, 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 beyond. I'm just going to wait it out. I'll yeah. wait till you guys tire yourselves out, fall asleep beyond for a little the, nap. Here's beyond, the thing. Beyond, beyond, Every time I yeah. do this, it's with somebody who has even more energy than the last time. So we don't die, we multiply. That's true. So you're like you're like the sun. You're just going to keep getting hotter until you explode <laughs> and turn into an old rock. Or you yeah. die from I've never read anything about the sun. I don't know how it works. I'm well on my way to uh, just a red giant already. I'm just No, you look good. You're, you're wearing blue today. <laughs> you know, you today do bear I, a striking resemblance to the baby that played the sun on Teletubbies. Oh, there. Ooh, that is a little frightening. But if that baby had a beard. <laughs> Max, what is the show and what are Hello, our names? Hello, everybody. Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 413? 14? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I was absent <laughs> last week. I'm we, a little we bit were both of, gone. My name is Max Scoville. If this is your first time listening to the show, I'm sorry. I just got back from vacation. Joining me is Mr. Brian Altano. You just got back from New York where That's you were right. traveling about. Brap, brap. And with us is the lovely Jared Petty, who... Where have you been? I just got back from nowhere. I've been here. I've been here for a long time. All right. uh, Well, this is, in theory, a PlayStation podcast, but we also talk about living and being alive, you know. Mm -hmm. We talk about the sun, the Teletubbies. Yeah. yeah, um, Disturbing creatures. If you tuned in last week, you caught uh, Andrew Goldfarb and Marty Sleva talking to Callie Plaguey and Miranda Sanchez about anime and games. They did a big crossover thing, which some people loved and some people didn't love, but, you know. Just uh, like anime and games. Just like everything. <laughs> we may discuss anything here except Metachlorians. I think that's off the that's table. Fair. Off the table. That's fair. Okay. I have a different podcast that's just about Metachlorians. Oh, the, the Metachlorian podcast? Yeah, I recorded it onto cassette tapes and then hide them in the wall of my house. We're giving a cassette tape away. It's very exciting. All right. Yeah, to know. it's a mixtape. Weird. You're gonna be on, he's going to be on it. That's okay. right. Yeah. All right, anyway, um, we do have some news. Uh, Marty's not here, so we can talk about this. There's going to be a game about a dog. Marty's allergic to dogs. That's right. That's, that's why he's joke. not here, because we're talking uh, about it. Yeah. This is on Kickstarter. It's a game. Uh, it's called... Uh, home free, and it's mm-hmm. a procedurally generated game about being a dog, which is like a lot of people think that's dumb, but I think it's kind of great because, as I've said before, I uh, wake up every day and I'm a, a human man, and that's the majority of what you play as in video games. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to get something new here and there. Now, are you like boy and his dog dog, or are you like I, just ordinary everyday dog? I think like, you're, well, you're a vaguely like kind of um, kind of low poly looking dog, like you're sort mm-hmm. of 
very very uh, stylized dog. Mm-hmm. But it's like Day in the Park. It's not like post-apocalyptic no, world or anything like that. I think you're like, really okay. trying to find your way home, but like you know, it's a it's a neat idea. That's coming to PS4. Yeah. So you're trying to find your way home in a procedurally generated game where you're lost. That sounds like a nightmare. Think yeah. about that. Like you're well, trying so to you're trying to get home from somewhere, but everything around you keeps changing. That's actually I mean, every I, roguelike I've ever played. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm just, totally I, sold for that. I think there's a challenge where. <laughs> You really any game sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, like any, it, there's all these objectives. There's no video game where you sit on a couch it's and true. don't do anything. Like there's Beavis and Butthead the game. Yeah, fair enough. Did, yeah, but even those, you had to go and good guar tickets, you know, and then kids <laughs> with skateboards would keep hitting you and you'd slip on stuff. That's Maybe true. you have the job of the hut game where you just play his job and you just sit on your big slab all day and pronounce your judgments. Okay. At one point, he had to get on a plane and go to that airplane hangar so that. Uh, Han Solo could step on his tail. He did have to do that. I which just is weird. I, I kind of want to see again. that. They never showed that part where they're like, Jabba, we got to get it. Okay. Well, enough about that. All right. So this, so this a is a game it, about a dog. Yeah. And so are like, are the enemies is this like. The, is this the top? This is the top news story. This it's week. a slow news week. I'm, I'm We're getting we're getting off on the wrong foot real bad. Um, uh, no, I love this idea. The enemies like mailmen and fire hydrants. I don't know. And, yeah. Like, I mean, it's cars it's, that run over you. It's pretty early on. This is uh, slated for a November 2016 release. I love that we're at that point of the year where all the games we've been looking forward to all year haven't quite come out yet. Yeah. But yeah. we're getting announcements about what's coming a year from now. Yeah. And yep. You know. No, this is that very weird calm before the storm. I was talking to Dan Stapleton before yeah. about uh, 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 cool games we wanted to do. Let's play it. And I'm like, what's the big games that, that were released this week, Dan? Because I was just I got back from Comic Con. I was I haven't looked at the schedule, and he was like, nothing. Mm. I mean, he did it in his voice. He was like, oh, nothing. Just not. Uh, there's nothing really coming out. Uh, yeah, it's good because it gives us more time to talk about dog games. And it's true. Dog and facts. This is totally the calm before the storm. If you had anything that you wanted to play this year that you've been mm-hmm. putting off. Uh, head on over to your Redbox or Blockbuster Video or Video USA was the weird one in my old town. Oh, Video USA. What about the? Did you ever go to rent games at the Farmore or like no. the, the Kroger or any of no. that? Oh yeah. See, all the grocery stores and stuff had. Uh, oh, okay, no, no. So when I was a kid, they you could rent. You Farm could rent Barabaramir's brother. I don't. <laughs> no, no, what's see, actually Faramir? Yeah, that is. Bar-Mir's what you should have said was supermarket. I don't know what your see your weird whatever those things were. Oh, this uh, is just South. No, you chains. used to be able to rent games from supermarkets, but they were. This is kind of before. This was like. NES era. It wasn't really PlayStation games yet, but if it was PlayStation games, you would have like Uncharted, and it would just be like they would have cut out half a picture of like Harrison Ford from Indiana yeah, Jones, and stuck it on. And there. It would have said Uncharted and Sharpie on the top, and in the back there would have been like the a picture of like a cartoon professor holding a wand, and like three bullet points next to it, and it would be like jump on the rocks, climb the trees, bite the baddies, because you couldn't <laughs> copy yeah. the manuals legally. Yeah, they so couldn't, they, they they couldn't yeah, actually was... use any art. Right? Um, no, so it's interesting you say that. So anyway, this is the this is the quiet time. Yeah. If there, if there's games you need to catch up on, uh, we've all said our games of the year so far. Uh, Mine are probably Metal Gear and Bloodborne mm-hmm. and others. Uh, Max, you really love Metal Gear and The Witcher. Mm-hmm. Jared, where are you at? I, I haven't decided. I'm, I'm leaning toward Mario Maker right now. Yeah, uh, which is great game. Kind of eating my life. Uh, and uh, I've re- also really enjoyed Metal Gear Five. Yep. Uh, those those are the two that I'd probably uh, cling on. But I still need to go back and really dive into Bloodborne uh, because Bloodborne, I didn't get Witcher, and, and Metal Gear are are three of the best games this year and they're mm-hmm. also three of the sort of biggest so mm-hmm. uh, probably pick one or two of those mm-hmm. and finish them before uh, every other game comes out this fall because they are coming games are games are real big we talked about this a lot this year it's kind of been a running theme but it's also like it seems like open world is almost the standard for this this generation yeah yep. um, and procedurally genera- generated dog yeah which is terrifying because that means it just never ends mm-hmm. yep. that's a that's where it threatens you to 
you well, got to get tired of it before it gets tired of you. you that know? was like the second Elder Scrolls game kind of operated on that principle. Daggerfall, it was like the biggest Elder Scrolls game ever made, but that was because it was procedurally generated environments. Yeah. So <laughs> it just it was like this giant Britain that went on in a weird repetitive like pattern of randomly generated towns forever. It's really you know, terrifying. It's, yeah. it's, it's like having amnesia. And walking around and not recognizing anything, but having things that are sort of understandable. That's kind of how I feel all the time. Really? Yeah, absolutely. You should get that checked out. Yeah. IGN is in the middle of doing a top 100 games of all time ever. You know, easy easy yeah. undertaking. Yeah, that wasn't difficult Very at all. simple to do. That I mean, didn't involve any arguing at no, all in this company. There were not four or five scheduled meetings after filling out questionnaires with hundreds of Which games is on like, them. When, right, I, like I say this all the time, yeah. but people uh, leave comments on these on these top 100s that we do or top 10s, top 50s, whatever, and not just us, any, any site that ranks anything. And people are like, oh, you're wrong, this, this, and this, and they scream and yell, and they forget that that's, we have... We're the comment section live on the fly while these while these things are happening. They put yeah. a bunch of us in a room. They order some pizza, and we scream and yell at each other. And I get up, and I, I look – friends of mine, close friends of mine, yeah. dead in the face. And I'm like, you are an idiot. <laughs> you are wrong. You're an idiot. The Tony weirdest, Hawk is not better than Vice City. The weirdest one for me is that Sam would not sit down in any of those meetings. Do you remember that? Sam Claiborne. Yeah, yeah. he just stood the whole time. No, like, was just, he wasn't aggressive. But for some reason, in those particular meetings, he's like the what do you call it? Like the guy in, in a jury who has to corral everybody. Yeah, uh, the, the judge, the, 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 the head juror, the one who goes up and they're like, "We find the defendant guilty," right. and everyone's like, "I mean, we, we voted on it." Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We but you yeah. to go up and, and give the the class presentation. But we didn't That's just right. go in a room. The, I mean, it's, it was like a Manhattan Project. We all had to fill out. You know, we're like, "Hey, what are your top one hundred games?" Mm-hmm. We wrote that, up. and then we cross referenced that with a bunch of other lists of games and 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 databases about games to make sure we hadn't missed anything yeah. that we might want to think about. Because even when you have you know twenty or thirty people doing this and putting it all together, you so, so and then we come up with this giant uber list. And, yeah, and I'll it's say time too to argue. that like the uh, the weird thing I've noticed over the last few years is um, you know so we have. Tal Blevins, he's the v, v, he's a publisher here, like basically VP, and he uh, he's been at IGN for 17 years. And every time I, we get to the end of one of these lists, we're like, we have a really good list. We send it out to him and some of the other old guards here, and they're like, hey, that's a real good list, but you forgot. Uh, and they name like Baldur's Gate for the for the you know, and if they name a game from like 30 years ago yep. that none of us even had any reference to that they maybe remade on iPhone or something like that. You forgot Polywog. Polywog too. I'm kind of one of those old codgers. Search for in the that Bob. I, I feel like that. That's that's. You, you, you gotta, totally, you totally. Derelict Canyon. How could man. you have a list Ex- of canyons without so, Derelict Canyon? Exactly, Jared. You're yeah. you're like a total encyclopedia with this stuff. No. What was this process like for you, ranking the top 100 games of all time? Were you were you like were you a, a stick in the spokes or were you uh, greasing the wheels? I tried to grease the wheels. I felt like, it, uh, yeah, I, I like. Yeah, a good, you like that? I like a good greasy wheal. Like, uh, <laughs> don't say greasy. Along with a greasy stick, a little bit of both. You like a good greasy stick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm good with that. A greasy stick, a greasy <laughs> wheel, any of that. I'm, I'm, I'm totally game. The spoke is a kind of stick, even. Ooh, greasy spoke. Yeah. How about a fulcrum? All right. Just answer the damn anyway, question. I, I forgot what it was. <laughs> Were you were, were you helpful or hurtful during oh, all yeah. this? Oh uh, no, yeah, are you to, the kind of guy that gets up and screams and no, goes? No, no, I really did try to uh, try to be a, a peacemaker. I figured figured that there were things that needed to be advocated for, but shouting doesn't help anybody. Right. So just try to uh, you know you understand you're in a room full of really smart people with with Sometimes. really good reasons to to, th- to believe what they do. So try to facilitate that and don't stick for something to be you know just because I think something needs to be number five. Well, you I'm have, gonna have to learn to settle for it being at ninety five. You, you know? do have it's, to calculate the factor that a lot of those smart people occasionally do have absolutely 
absolutely atrocious tastes. That does happen. That's, Justin, that's, Justin Davis drinks milk with dinner. Yeah. So there you go. And he runs features for IGN, so anyone can be anything <laughs> when they grow up. Love you, Justin. So um, we got three days of these. We get anything. I've got the whole dinner. list here, and we can do anything forty-one or below because we're three. If through the magic of of time warps, yeah. Even though we're talking on Tuesday, they're hearing this on Wednesday. So we're trickling so, these out twenty per day. So yes. by Friday, you'll know what the number one game is. Right. But we which can all, is which that number one game? It's Karnov. Is, yeah, it is Karnov. <laughs> the, <laughs> it's the Nintendo Entertainment <laughs> System. <laughs> the titular, the titular Karnov. Which is what happens when a, a guy that looks like the Iron Sheik has to throw rocks at pterodactyls. <laughs> <laughs> number one game. A lot of really good games on the list. Damn, yeah, you're really here so first. We, so Karnov. what we're getting at here is we're doing the we as of this episode going up the. Numbers 100 through 41 are right. up. And, and we've got a bunch of PlayStation ones from that section we can talk are about. Are these here. in order? Every, no, these, are from, these are from lowest to highest. So okay, they're at the bottom is the highest one. So you're going to confirm so read from a bunch the top of, to the bottom. These, like, are, are these are PlayStation exclusives so, or games that kind of launched or are associated with PlayStation. Yeah. Sort of the way we do our Essential 50, right? Right. So some of the ones here. Eco. Uh, it's it's down there, mm-hmm. I think, in the 90s. Um, Eco. 90s. Um, that just shows you how insane this list is, though, right? Because Eco is a lot of people's you know top 10 games. Yeah. That is exactly. one of the most cherished games of all times. And for us, IGN, we roll in there, we just take the shovel, throw it down at the 90s. But it there. didn't get shoveled. I mean, again, it's the number of ways these moved up and down. The number of incredible, worthy to be on the top 100 list games that are not on this list. Yeah. You know, it's, it's and what's, just what's the, the next one we got here? Okay, so we got Eco. Uh, I'm going to skip that next one. Go to the, uh, Resident Evil 2. Right, uh, which is like, how do you how do you compare these games? What, you know, like Eco and Resident Evil Two. Yeah. Well, one of them they both kind of have tank control. Yeah, so one of them both have tank controls and both, oranges, both yeah. have terrible combat. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. So I don't. Uh, is is Solitaire on the list? Solitaire? Uh, no, Solitaire. Not on, not on this one, but I mean, like, do we know if that's? Oh, can we on spoil the top one hundred? Yeah, we can spoil Solitaire and Minesweeper. Not included on the list. Wow. I feel like that's a really like. I mean, obviously, we're going for like video games, gamer games, games that gamers like to game with. But mm-hmm. like, I feel like Solitaire should be on that list. It's probably the most. Like the most played video game ever, you know? Yeah. Were you not in the meeting? I was in some of the meetings. I had okay. one meeting where I was basically just, I was literally huddled in the corner. Was Solitaire Because it was just too much. I was not having it that day. And everyone was just shouting at each other over which which was better, Metal Gear Solid 2 or 3. Yeah. And I'm like, just don't open that door. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we I don't opened think it. I, ever sh- I don't think I ever raised my voice. I might have. I don't know. Maybe it happened. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I very much, I'm the very opposite of you in those meetings. Yeah. I get up and I scream and I curse a lot. <sighs> no, no, I just. I mean, I do that when I'm making breakfast. That's true. I was going to say, making love. <laughs> Damn general. toast. Yeah. <laughs> when you're just uh, walking for no reason. Just walking and just shake my head. But yeah, yeah. RE2 and Eco, how do you compare them? I don't what, know. Zombies what then, what uh, I'm shocked about is that Final Fantasy VII is as high on the list as it is. Yeah, that's because, high. Is it high or low? That's low, because... Low. Oh, really? Low? Oh, I, I see. I mean, it, it, on my list, Final Fantasy VII would not have made the list. It's not in your uh, top 100? No, it's not. And, and where did we I, put it? But uh, we put it at... I can give you an exact number. Well, you have the full You have the full 100. Yeah, I've got them all here. A very Final, astute podcast 80. beyond viewers 80. can zoom in on this video. You know who's going to be <laughs> no. mad? You know who's going to be mad about that? What's that? A lot of people. A lot yeah. of people are going to be mad about that. Well, yeah. About it being that low? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Final Fantasy VII is a very important game that's not actually all that good. Let me ask you this then, in terms of criteria, which I'm sure a lot of wheels are spinning on. Uh, wh- where, where do you guys bring into the argument of 
how good it was at the time versus how well it's held up. Well, the the way the meetings were structured, it was supposed to be how good it was at the time generally trumped how it's held up. And then the historical value was also part. It was all part of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. But how much fun you had with it at the time was, number one, my problem is that I'm an old stick in the mud. And I played seven. Yeah. And I had been playing Western RPGs and I'd even some more primitive Japanese RPGs. And I was like, Final Fantasy VI blows this away. It's really pretty. Because I, I feel like six if you, was a better game. If you were to do, you know, the top 100 songs of all time, top 100 books of all time, top 100, 100 films of all time. Yeah, you could look at the very, very old ones, uh, and I, I don't know where if some, if something like Final Fantasy would sit in the sort of comparative of like old films. It wouldn't be like a silent film, but it wouldn't be, you know, it would be kind of like. Uh, like, where, where was that? Probably like an 80s movie? Final Fantasy like, they, the special effects are okay? Maybe like a 70s movie? I, I think Final Fantasy VII fits in with something like maybe Star Trek One, where the effects are incredible, right. but the story's trash. Okay, okay. Um, so, But I feel like when you go and watch the 100 greatest movies of all time, almost all of them are still watchable, right? Same with like the 100 best books of all time. Yeah. But there's a lot of games that have very specifically not held up very well at all, and mm-hmm. we've seen them get remade a lot. Like, I actually don't think the... Uh, original Resident Evil or even Resident Evil 2 holds up especially well. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Resident, I liked the remake they did uh, this year, the HD remake, uh, remake that they... Uh, oh, the remake of Remake. Uh, of RE1. Yeah, the remake of right. Remake. I really liked that. Well, so that that was like, to me, that that was streamlining something that was already really streamlined yeah. in the mid-2000 was when they remade when they remade that game. I agree. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think like games are the, one of the only things that like you go back and play the really old ones and some of them just are simply unplayable. Whereas like old movies, old books, well, they, they don't. The yeah. difference there is, is interactivity, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, uh, I mean, also visuals to a certain degree, but I think what's interesting, we're also looking at, at PlayStation stuff and that's always, pretty much always been, you know, 3D, polygon stuff, which there's a lot of really bad things that we're just trying to make the best of 3D rendering technology. Yep. Yep. Just kind of being like, this is what looks better futuristically, looks newer, but doesn't really age well at all. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking for like a garage shading like renaissance to come along, kind of like the sprite art thing did. Like yeah. games that look like Mario 64 suddenly start appearing by indie developers. But they look ready HD. For the, yeah, 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 exactly. You're kind of there. Yeah, we have. That's what that, that cool dog game looks cool like. Cool dog game looks like Yeah, that. yeah it does look like that. I really of, want to play this cool dog game. a ton game. of indie stuff that's kind of got that coming along. It's just sort of, I mean, that's low, low poly you know, yeah. just yeah, and there's something really gorgeous about that, and I don't know if it's a style choice or if it's just because I grew up with games like Metal Gear, and I can look at them and be like, "Oh man, that's that had like this very crisp, unique look to it." But PlayStation games specifically, like you were saying, Max, they were very kind of jagged back mm-hmm. then. Yeah, uh, N64 d- t- took this like. Uh, Vaseline blur fog and rubbed it all over everything. Yeah, right. Kind of the texture the catch was so awful yeah. on, the, on the N64. Yeah. Well, a lot of a lot of PlayStation games. I mean. A lot of them that we remember that are 3D are ones that have incredible art direction, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it becomes in the same way that pixel-based stuff is a certain form of iconography. The same thing is when that's actually translated well to, I mean, you look at something like, oof, something like Goldeneye, you know, like I think anything <laughs> that strives for straight realism yeah. is going to be the most horrifying stuff. And Metal Gear Solid, which is the highest rated game on this list that we're covering so far. Right, Do you that know what is number, number Solid is? 41, sir. Okay. Number 41, Metal I Gear Solid. Can, and this is the I original the, Metal yeah. Gear Solid for yeah. the PlayStation. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a testament to the art direction of that game. Right, because was, it, I agree. And then, But then you have situations where you got things like, you know, I'm going to go to my old chestnut here, Sweet It In 2, where it's uh-huh. practically sprite art yeah. all the way through. You know, yeah. most of that game is sprite art. Mm-hmm. And Which we did see a lot of the, early on on PlayStation. Uh, and that's the only thing on here oh, that's... What, sprite art? 
Uh, I think Suikoden Two is probably the only one on this okay. particular list. That yeah. You know um, what I want to I want to point out is so far we've got we've got uh, Eco Vice City RE Two FF Seven. We went over this already. Um, yep. There is one game here. No, two games here. Last of Us and Eco that are not sequels in some sense. I guess Tony hmm. Hawk. Did, is that Tony Hawk number one that they're counting? Uh, no, actually, that's uh, that's Tony Hawk. I have to look at the list. Either two or three. I don't okay. remember. Yeah. Exactly. Now that you're right. Is a, I is one of the weirdest things about games is that they are an iterative medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's true. All of these came from a previous version. The refinements yeah. uh, of some so sort. I see The Last so of Us here. Yeah. So that means we can reveal that The Last of Us is not in the top 40. No, right? The Last of Us is not in the top 40. Interesting. So yeah, where, so where so does The Last 48. of Us sit? The Last of Us is number 48, so it's right next to Uncharted at number... That, Uncharted that was, 2 is 47, Last of Us is 48. That That's was IGN's Game of the Year, the year it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people played it for the first time when it was remastered for PS4. Uh, mostly, I would say, it's a lot of people's favorite Naughty Dog games. It's yeah. some people's favorite PlayStation game. Sure. I know it was my favorite PlayStation game for a while. Absolutely. And we're like, nah, there's, there's what, 48, 47 games better than you? That are, that are better than that, according to our... Again, again, this is a whole... This is an amalgamation. A group mm-hmm. of people coming together. But I mean, that's same with Same with Uncharted 2. But being number 48 on a list like this, or Uncharted 2, you know, the, we're yeah. talking about the best of the best of the best of the best. I mean, at this point, we're in dream team territory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, there's no Christian Leitner on this team. You know, every, everybody's a real pro. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the, especially when we get up into these 50s and 40s. I mean, you're, you're sitting next to things like Persona 4 Golden. You got Burnout 3 there, Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's interesting because this is, this is voted by people at IGN who are, this is the game, we, we pay attention to all the games. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. we are people who are very close to this because we work in this industry. This, if you asked a person on the street to pick the best games ever, you know, you're going to get an entire, can, can a person on the us. street name a hundred different games? But yeah. ask the person on the street, put do what we did, get everybody together and make a list of hundreds, Solitaire. put them in front of our eyes, because this is how it worked, you know, we had to go through that giant list everybody'd made, mm-hmm. one by one by one, and that's, talk about every one of them. And kind that's of a good challenge, right? Yeah. It's to sort of ask people to get together with their friends, your gamer friends, wherever they are, and just come up with your, just as a group, Come up with your top ten games of all time that the three or four of you or whatever two of you agree on. It is nearly impossible, and then yeah. you you double that in a, amount of people times yeah. five. You know, we had twenty five people working. And we sound so grumpy about it, but it was actually so much fun. Now it's I cool. Had a ball with what it. I it's love cool. is that we've got these kind of remaining forty. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of like when someone asks you to name the fifty states. And some people can do that. Some people can just fire off like yep. 50 states like that. But some people also are going to be like uh, New York, uh, California. And it kind of slows to a roll, Kansas. Yeah. and they're always going to forget yeah. Delaware or something or Maine. You know, yeah. it's and then Poor in Maine. this case, it's like you know that like there's going to be a, a Zelda or two on that remaining forty. There's it's probably going to be uh, a Street Fighter or two. You know, it's there's going to be some stuff that like you right. know it's there. You could probably think of it. You could probably guess it. But there's also going to be those like handful of things that you either go really. Mm-hmm. Or like, huh? Or like, I've never heard of that. Like yeah. Arkansas. And know, when like, it comes to that, I've never heard of that. Go back and play them. There are ways to play almost every game on this list. It's uh, good that we is that true? Uh, almost everything here. There's some way to get your hands on it. That's yeah, good. there's a few that are a real pain. Like Galaga, for example, is is a real pain because to play Galaga right, you've got to play it on an arcade cabinet. Right. Playing it in emulation is not the same. It's just but I not. feel like I feel like finding um, a, like I was I was in. Portland a couple weeks ago, and I, I think I saw three Galaga cabinets, which is more than I can say for you know, Eco before the collection came out. Yeah, a few exactly. Years ago. There that ways... game was impossible to play, and there's still a few here that are really hard to get. But thanks to things like good old games, for example, or the fact that Virtual Console came along, or the PSN, or there's so many ways to play. You know, you're gonna hmm. go back to Sweden too. You can play it now. You can play a lot of these. Um, 
uh, Final Fantasy Tactics you can play on yep. handheld. Uh, that's another great one. So yeah, what a what a fabulous uh, activity putting that together was. What a wonderful social yeah. experiment that we've now launched upon our yep. gigantic audience to throw stones at us for. Oh boy, what was there anything <laughs> they that, love? Was there anything that personally incensed you? Out of all of these, you're just like, no, that doesn't belong. Uh, having seen the top ten, which I won't spoil. Oh, well, yeah, we can't talk about that. There was that. a couple things that were like really not. So the 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 thing was like sort of picking, and I know I think Games Radar did their version of this recently or or something like that, and I think they decided to only pick one game from each franchise, mm-hmm. and we picked some stuff in the top ten that was not the game. F- in that series that I would have picked. Okay. That I would have kicked into like the twenties or thirties, but mm-hmm. we made it, you know, top top ten. So that that kind of stuff gets a little infuriating. Uh it's weird to see like Uncharted Two as like one of, again, one of the one of the most beloved PlayStation games of all time mm-hmm. is is pretty low on the list. Yeah, so there you know? the, I, and we it, we can guess that one or three isn't above it because one or three is not a pretty, yeah. yeah, pretty much most people agree that two is the best of the three. So so that's yeah. one that stood out for you. And Max, what about you? Um, what about me? What I don't know anything that you're just like, ah, I can't figure that one out. Why is that there? Um, I guess I was just sort of as a sort of a as a control group as a as a as a test as a bunch of test subjects for this. I think it's kind of a we're not we're not biased because it's that's not how that works. But it, like we we're critiquing and reviewing things. I just think that it video games to be ranked of all time is different from film. It's different from books. Yeah. It's different from music. Uh. I have the same issue with kind of with review scores. I think it comes down to what is a game, you know, mm-hmm. like the fact that we have, you could have solitaire on the same list as the last of us. Mm-hmm. You could, you could have, I mean, you I'm could. guessing that Tetris is probably going to be on there. Why not solitaire? I have I'm not played, saying that I'm, I'm not saying I have played more hours of solitaire on my PC than I've played hours of the last of us. There you go. Exactly. That's absolutely true. Yeah. I also, when I was living in Japan, Minesweeper was released on the TurboGrafx 16 as a CD. Really? It was nothing but Minesweeper, like the Windowsy version of Minesweeper, for play on a CD system. That's, that's released really by very itself. strange. Yeah, I, used, I kept that disc forever. Well, that's I mean, so and I, I yelled this out in the group at some point, but I was like, you know, playing a game for a long amount of time doesn't mean it's a great game. It yeah. just means that you played it for a long time. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things you do that are not very good, but you do them all the time. You brush your teeth for five yeah. minutes a day. It's <laughs> also yeah. the fact that most people yeah. get into games because somebody somebody hands them one, and that person handing them one. Usually isn't digging too hard to find out what that game is. Yeah. Do you, know, you think you it, get a copy of Alfred Chicken as a kid? Oh, like, hey, it's it. a video game and you play mm-hmm. it. Like, well, you don't realize it sucks until you grow up and other people remind you of that. You that's know? true. Like, I had a lot of games growing up on, on the NES and the PlayStation. Home Alone Two. Yeah. Where but, you, where you're like, well, this is a great gift, and I played the hell out of it for a hundred hours, and I go to, I, you know, a couple years later, you're like, you read an article somewhere, the ten worst game, PlayStation games of all time, and it's like, what? But sometimes you knew. I mean, you somebody brought you Master Chew and the Drunker Who. Yeah. You knew you knew that was crap. That but, was but mine. Colin and I used to share this one, but Deadly Towers was. Oh, oh yeah, I played the crap out of Deadly Towers. Yeah. I really still enjoy Deadly Towers. Oh, fuck, I hate that game. I do. So, I like Deadly Towers. You gotta fight those balls. No, it, yeah. So you you, yeah, sure you do have stab to fight a lot those of balls. Use your use your greasy rod or whatever it was to stab the yeah. balls. So do you guys think this would make more sense if it was broken down by generation? Like I feel like that's an yeah. easier way to sort of no. I like you the can jo- go, here's what everybody was making on the NES. Here's the Super NES, PlayStation, N64, all that, all that stuff like that. No, I want a big sloppy list like this because okay. it's way more fun to argue about. Well, luckily your wishes come true. Yeah, it's a big old sloppy IGN. list. IGN.com. Yeah, yeah. number one site source for sloppy lists. But seriously, get together with, with your friends and uh, come up with a top ten and let us know what you come up with. Yeah, that'd be really cool. So 
Um, things to talk about that are more new and timely. Brian, you went to Comic Con in New York. Uh, I did. Just or John Eric Osborne asks, "What was your favorite part of Comic Con in New York City?" Um, I think like, and I've been saying this for years, and we we all kind of know this, but there there uh, there's just this sort of growing realization that a lot of the things that we all grew up loving that were sort of like in the weird dark corners are now just front and center hanging out together like comic books for me growing up and i'm sure it was the same for you guys but you also you all have this kind of like dank dingy little uh comic book shop in your town and for me it was this one that's like they sold model trains and like a couple like hobbyist things and uh a couple like yankees pennants and stuff like that and in the corner they had just this little rack that had a couple archie comics and then the guy started getting one or two spider-mans and we bought them all and then he started getting some x-men and all this other stuff and fantastic fours and we bought them all and all of a sudden it was like Oh, you guys like that? Well, they're, they they make uh, cards, too. Should I start ordering those, some of those for the store? And we'd order those and then uh, toys and all this stuff like that. And it was, A, walking around seeing all the stuff that I grew up with. You know, all the old uh, X-Men toys that I used to get and all the old, uh, like, you know, Marvel cards and all that stuff. And, B, seeing that all that stuff is now, as we all know, you know, a multi-billion dollar industry that, mm-hmm. that transcends games and movies and books and, and comics and everything like that. Comics are oddly the kind of the quietest part of, of, of all of that right now. But it was also like uh, walking around with my friend and my friend was like, there's girls here. Ah, and there's like, that. Yeah, like they're like girls are into this stuff now. Like it's not like, mm-hmm. and I think it was part of, part of it was that guys kind of opened the doors a little bit. And the other part was that girls were kind of like, that there's really cool stories being told over there. And I think we started telling stories about girls, too. It wasn't just, you know, a bunch of burly man dudes in their, in their tights and spandexes. I love your sentimental, like, like geek store story. Like, yeah. uh, having the, the Yankees pendants. And the, like, the one in our town, at least the one I remember best, what sold half Magic cards, like at Magic the Gathering cards, half NASCAR paraphernalia. And had an illegal casino so you, you in, the back. In, uh, like a machine machine in the back. Like slot machines in the back. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and, huh. and poker Which tables. is like this sort of like they used to be this kind of catch-all for nerd stuff, right? But on a much smaller basis. And that's exactly what Comic-Con is now. Yeah. Like I was walking around and I saw a guy dressed as Barf from Spaceballs. And I turned the corner and there's Colonel Sanders. And Colonel Sanders is now uh, in a Marvel comic. So he's now canonical to that universe. When yeah. did this happen? That's just something they just did recently, because okay. why not? Now, so to reel this in a little bit to games, because people are already mad at me in the comments for not reeling this <laughs> in more. Uh, <laughs> gaming also has a place at comic convention stuff. Yeah, we and see it's... see this at, at, New York, at, at San Diego Comic-Con. Yep. We see, it, But it's odd, because it always kind of... It always kind of keeps a little bit of a distance. You know, it's almost like comic shops and arcades had different cultures kind of yeah. in, their, in their formative years. Yeah. And, yeah. like, it's not, un, it's not uncommon... But it's not common to see a, a kind of nerd shop that sells games and comics. Like you'll see plenty of game shops, but like rarely is there yeah. kind of, you know, you'll see some. There are Street Fighter comics, there's Metal Gear comics, there's Halo comics, there's Borderlands comics. Yep. But like it's unusual that they'd be like, hey, here's a boxed copy of Yoshi's Island or whatever behind the counter alongside mm-hmm. the the rare Japanese figures. Yeah, I think video games at comic book conventions always feel like uh, like a friend that got invited once the party's going already. Where we're just like, oh, this is really cool. We should invite you know Bob over here, and Bob's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I got some cool stuff to bring over to the house. Uh, I have all these wonderful snacks. But uh, there was you know Capcom was there. Square Enix had a dedicated area. Um, there was a couple other sections. Like I got to check out. I went. I, I took a private demo of uh, Lego Avengers, which is okay. just like 
man, they are having so much fun making that game. Like, that is just going to be an awesome couch co-op game. They're going all in with uh, both Avengers films, some of the spin-off films, and even some of the TV stuff. But the cool thing is, is that they're just – I think that they're one of the few companies that gets requests from fans and go, okay. <laughs> like, people are like, can you make Squirrel Girl? And they're like, sure. How about we give her her own, like, Iron Man mech suit, too? Squirrel Girl's in Avengers? Yeah. Oh, for Lego Avengers? She was in, yeah. she was in uh, Lego Marvel Heroes, too. Was she in yeah. Lego Marvel? Yeah. I she didn't was also that. So they super, also super overpowered. Okay. Yeah. Well, she should be. She's, yeah. she's Squirrel Girl. So, like, they put, up. they put Stan Lee in this one, and Stan Lee also has, uh, like, a Hulkbuster-style mech suit that he can get into, but it looks like the desk that he used to write on, so it's basically, like, this <sighs> old man in this pop-up mech desk with a huge pencil over his shoulder and a typewriter inside the cockpit and then there's a little dingy old like 1950s desk lamp so and somewhere cool. there's and a little yeah, is there so a little lovely. Lego Jack Kirby standing in the corner looking really sad I think they're working on that okay yeah, I was they should. Um, well, but they're, they're just it, having a lot of fun with it so this one's interesting like Lego Marvel Heroes uh, I played so much of that game I fell in love with that game yeah. really hard um, and part of that was because I this is such a dumb. This is one of those like I feel so stupid for this. Um, you know, you buy little figures when you you when you unlock them, you pick up all those little studs yeah. and stuff. And as you get through the game, you get those. Uh, you get multipliers, right? Uh, and you go into the menu to turn on the multipliers so that you get like, oh, instead of getting you know five hundred studs, <coughs> I get a thousand or five thousand or whatever. Don't don't tell me. I was hitting the wrong button to apply changes, and I never really thought too hard about the math as it was happening. <sighs> and then after I think like. 30 hours in that game or something I was like I've been doing this wrong the whole time oh man wow. that's the whole so the whole point of those wow. of those games is basically going in collecting all the studs to yeah. get true Avenger or true Jedi or yeah. true hero whatever you right, want right yeah uh, and the studs multiply for that. So basically, if you get like three or four of those red bricks that are all times two, times four, times six, times ten, you can go in and basically like walk into a level, touch the first stud, and all of a sudden it's like, you got true Avenger within half yeah. a second. Right. Unless you're Max, and then you, you grind and grind It was and grind. really embarrassing oh, that, that, I, that I poured hours into this children's game and didn't <laughs> have an adult man's grasp of mathematics I, I, to realize know. that I was playing it incredibly mm-hmm. wrong. The, you miss things sometimes. You I, the, do. You screw stuff up, yeah. you know? The first three days... I was playing the Dark Souls 2 uh, uh, before it came out uh, when I was working on it for guides. I accidentally switched the game into hard mode for Dark Souls, and I had no idea that I'd done it. Oh, boy. Uh, and I because the game wasn't out, there was no way for me to know. Right, So right. I was just like, wow, they amped up the difficulty so much. No, I'm just stupid. Yeah. I feel like, uh, I feel like a, lot of, a, a lot of people uh, listening to this show probably have stories like that. I think so, so yeah, too. Send yeah. them into send it. Send them to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah please um, do. Beyond and at IGN.com. Brian, you were talking about – I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's uh, okay. You were talking about Avengers. Um, yeah. Is it mostly – you talked about the guys showing up at the show with the games. Is it mostly comic book – themed and TV themed games or are um, there things outside of that too? Yes and no. I think that's a good way to like shoehorning get yourself on the show floor. Okay. Uh, but then again, like I said I said before, you know, the comic book conventions are really just bigger versions of the weird little shops. They're pop culture conventions. So yeah, they, you get all this weird th- stuff there too. But um, these guys specifically invited me to like a little offsite thing where I got to check out the game. One of the cool things is that there's open world stuff in between the levels and one of them is like Mark Ruffalo's family farm. <laughs> <laughs> from the uh, Age of Ultron. Wait, okay. J- Jeremy Renner's? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Renner's uh, like, farm. Wait, That's right. What? So they got a little, uh, what's her face from Freaks and Geeks? Yeah. Linda Cardellini is yeah. in there. And she's like, don't go. Uh, but you bring all your characters there and you can un- unlock them there and like have them do cool stunts and collect stuff and then go back into the regular levels. So it's really cool. Uh, that's definitely one of the coolest games I saw there. Uh, I also got a very private, very awesome, like 40 minute demo of Just Cause 3. Oh. Which they are. 
I got to say, and I keep saying this, they're absolutely kind of sending off the die by putting it out in, in the first week of December. Mm-hmm. Uh, historically, that's when a lot of people have already made their purchasing decisions. Yeah. Maybe if you've beaten another game and you want to trade it in and get it by then, or it's you do that's your GameStop buck, mm-hmm. you know, Christmas card thing. You want a game to pick up January 1st. But I would be totally okay if they move this game like a month or two because coming two weeks after Fallout, it's just kind of like, man, especially Metal Gear. There's so many open world games that we've gotten. That's mm-hmm. what Far Cry did. Yeah. Far Cry 3 did that. It came out, uh, you know, December Jay-Z's birthday, December 4th. Yeah. Yeah. I always, right. I always remember that. It's always almost Jay-Z. I think it's one of his songs. <laughs> yeah. So how is uh, it? How so is it's really play? cool. You're basically in this uh, fake southern Mediterranean uh, town that was kind of like uh, like the south of France. And it's kind of like, I, you know, I stayed, I stayed in Nice when yeah. I went to uh, my honeymoon. And I was kind of geeking out because I was just like, is, is this where you guys made this? And they're like, yeah, I was kind of inspired by that, which oh, means cool. they probably got to take some cool vacation to, and go check it out. But you play as Rico again, and you basically go in and take over these outposts, kind of Far Cry style. But there's a lot of really cool nods to other video games in there. Like when you take over an outpost, uh, and you can like pull down statues and stuff like that, like you know the war in Iraq and other yeah. fun things kids love. Uh, using uh, their new system of these basically like hookshot pivot points. So basically the way that works is that I could take uh, one pivot and it shoots a rope out to the left wall over here, shoot another one out to the right and shoot the center one to max and then another one to the other side over there, clip that rope and all of a sudden I've created a Max Scoville slingshot and I just shoot you 100 miles into the air. And I can just do that for fun. There's also airdrops that are like Metal Gear but a lot faster and kind of funnier because they drop in this like shipping crate that has a you know a whole bunch of bombs and 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 rockets in the trunk and it just falls out of the sky and you see the crate fall open then you get into it and drive off and you're like all right this is really cool so when you take over a town uh a flag a a flag pops up on a flagpole and fireworks go up in the air and they were like remember like in mario brothers and i'm like Oh, that's a really cool yeah. nod. So you also get proximity mines and remote mines, which are awesome. Uh, you can throw them anywhere you want, and uh, they look like the proximity mines and remote mines in GoldenEye. Oh. Which I was just like, I called them out on. I'm like, those look like the ones from GoldenEye. And they're like, yes. And I'm oh, like, wow. oh, nice. Good nod. So the, the main thing about this game is that uh, they noticed that a lot of people on the PC version were adding modifiers like crazy. Kind of like the way Max and I were playing GTA and you were too mm-hmm. for a while. Like, you know, making Flying Monkey Mountain, yeah. like underwater cities and stuff like that. So their level upgrade system sort of works like mods. Like they're actually called mods in the game. So you basically can like tweak out every single thing in the game to almost like broken levels of weirdness. So you can alter reality as you level mm. up. Yeah. And they're just sort of like, we want to make a video game. Like we don't want to, like everybody else makes kind of really serious games and we, we you know, ours has some yeah. serious stuff. But well, Just Cause has always kind of walked that line. I always, my friend would call it Just Cause, which yeah. I think is just really, really yep. dead on. Yeah. That, that's that's kind of everything I want in life. Yeah, like, and so the, the last thing I re- that I really loved about it is um, traversal in the game is really smart. You can basically go from full speed running to jump in the air to wingsuit, which will just pop you up in the air. And if like you're you're hovering a little bit and you're like I need to get up that hill up there, then you go into parachute and your parachute immediately gives you like a fifty foot lift up in the air, which will let you glide down. That you now turn into wingsuit and try okay. flying around. So it's basically like having like just a helicopter inside your body at all times. 
So it's kind sounds of, kind gross. of a kind of an Arkham Knight gliding yeah. gliding type of thing. So I played that. Uh, I played Tomb Raider. It was uh, just a more concise, kind of tighter version of the demo that you and I played at PAX, Max. And that's the weird thing about okay. uh, New York Comic Con is that it's the, at the tail end of all the cons throughout the year. So it's yeah. very rare that you get to see a bunch of new stuff. Um, Tomb Raider looks good. I saw some of the currency stuff, which I hadn't really seen before. Yeah, aren't which, there like 400 microtransactions? Yeah, so that's the kind of sketchy thing that I'm not... I, to me, it feels weird. It's like I'm okay with them putting microtransactions in a game if they're optional and they're for wussy babies who aren't good at video games. <laughs> and they, yeah, seriously. And you want to buy your way out? That's fine. See, I have a problem with that. I, but well, yeah, so I fine. actually don't. I think it's like if you get home from work and you're tired and you just want to beat a video game and you want to put everything up up on the easiest, like even the new Uncharted. Uh, 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 collection has this mode in it that's basically just like easy baby mode and it's like for those who just want to see the fun mm-hmm. adventure go by and not really have to do anything I have uh, no problem with that I just don't want to pay extra for it well uh, you don't oh, okay so yeah. that's what you're saying yeah I mean Dragon Quest is built on that whole principle if you play enough Dragon Quest you'll eventually succeed because yeah. you keep your gold and, or you keep half your gold and all your experience so mm-hmm. you'll soon I love being able to just power through a game I think people should be able to do that in all kinds of games I just don't want to pay extra for it sure okay I, I totally yeah, agree paywalling that. that is just dangerous that's Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you guys there. Then. That's a free-to-play model. Uh, and finally, the last game I played, which I don't really know what to no, say hold about on, hold yet. Hold on, hold on. Let's back this up for a second. Yeah. So Tomb Raider's got microtransactions on Xbox and on Xbox. Xbox 360. Yeah. Uh, just recently, we saw Square Enix had this weird Kickstarter-esque kind of pre-order structure for Deus Ex. Which they canceled. Which they canceled. Yeah. Because everyone kicked and screamed and stomped their feet and made a big, big mess about it. Yeah. PlayStation isn't going to see Tomb Raider for another year. Do you think there's any chance that we're going to see that get pulled out if people are pissed off enough about it? Oh, or is man. it one of those things that it's like going to make money and you can ignore it if you want? Yeah, I think I think you're right. Screw it, you know, like because uh, people really like. Well, either that or there's a lot of baby wussy babies on Xbox that just give these guys <laughs> billions of dollars and they go, "Wow, you really sent us a great message," you know, uh, and then they turn around and they double down on that on that stuff on on PS4. Hmm. But I have a feeling. All in all, by the time this game comes to PlayStation Four, it'll it'll be that you know that season pass game of the year version mm-hmm. that has everything in it and uh, all the bad stuff stripped out or streamlined. So, uh, I mean, reviewers will let these guys know uh, in a couple of weeks when th- this game comes out. But otherwise, like, I'm really excited about it. It's easy to harp on the negative, but it's so gorgeous. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually very jarring to play this and then go back and play Uncharted Two, oh. which I think is like a classic. But yeah. I I feel like Tomb Raider is doing a, a lot of stuff better than the mm-hmm. Uncharted games. Um, we get that back and forth volley with Uncharted 4 next year. We'll get to yeah. see who's who's doing what where. But I really like the mix in uh, Tomb Raider of the sort of scripted stuff, which happens like, you know, thing collapses and all of a sudden Lara's on this downhill, you know, jam and she's shooting people and all this stuff like that versus uh, the sort of temple tomb raiding puzzle stuff. And I think that when when – uh, the Lara Croft games open up, they actually become way more open world than, than the Uncharted games mm. get to. Uh, we'll see if that changes. The Uncharted 4 demo we saw at E3 was like pretty much this like crazy Jeep scene where uh, you could take so many different paths. So yeah. if the rest of, if that's indicative of the rest of the game and it's kind of opens up, then this is like a cool kind of back and forth these guys are having that they're both sort of like, we can be more open. And like, no, we can. Because I think ultimately I don't really want that highly scripted, you know, drive down the road type of experience. Yeah. Uh, I want a little bit of wiggle room, a little bit of sort of like Resident Evil 4, Metroid Prime, upgrade your weapons and get new areas that you haven't been to yet, that kind of stuff. So uh, still hyped on Tomb Raider. I'm going to 
try and beat it before Fallout comes out and ruins all of our lives, but... Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Finally, uh, I want to talk about this one real quick, because a lot of people were really bummed out about this happening. Umbrella Core, which is not Resident Evil 7, which is a first-person... No, it's a third-person, basically... It's Rainbow Six with some zombies in the levels. Um, and I don't really know how I feel about that yet. Uh, I had an interesting experience. I played about six rounds at Comic-Con. I lost four, four and a half of them, basically. Mm-hmm. Got my ass kicked. And I think it's because uh, a lot of the time I was thinking, this is a game where I have to kill zombies. Because it says, you know, it's a Resident Evil. It has a Resident Evil right. umbrella yeah. logo. Yeah. Uh, you're not really supposed to kill zombies in this game, or at least the maps that I was on. It's really more about getting to your team and killing the other team before they can kill you, Uh, which is a weird thing to think about, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like everyone's in this war against zombies. They've infected this laboratory and presumably the rest of the outside world, but it's on you to kill a bunch of dudes. So it's like a Rick versus Negan thing with a bunch of zombies in the middle. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So you start off uh, every match with this kind of, like, frequency jammer on your backpack that makes it so the zombies can't hear you or detect you. But the second you start firing shots and all that other stuff... uh, it's it's game on with them. So I was in a, in a lot of situations where I was like, I can kill a guy right there by shooting him in the head, but it's going to alert these three zombies that are right next to me, and they're going to kill me instantly. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I have, like, you know, a few bulls before I reload. Do I shoot this zombie or try to run past him and kill this other guy? Uh, I think that eventually the game could get really interesting and really cool if they start pulling in other elements. And I was asking the Capcom rep in an interview about this. Like, if you guys start bringing in, like, dogs and nemesis and stuff like that, yeah. and it's like Rainbow Six but with zombie dogs and, and like, liquors and all this other stuff jumping out of the ceiling, then, yeah, that could be really interesting and really cool. Yeah, that That's sounds – see, that sounds like a good yeah. like a good idea for a game is, like, a really, really tactical Resident Evil game yeah. that yeah. actually uses Resident Evil stuff. But when you're just sort of like, yeah, zombies – and dudes with guns. Yeah. Like, then you've got that same thing we had with, uh, was it Raccoon City? Was it, was it called? That Operation one? Raccoon yeah. City. Which yeah. Which was just like the first person one. This is that was the it was third it person. Was third per- but third it was person. just like it was very like, I don't know. It was just a third person shooter type thing. No. Yeah. So like even even that one had like herbs that you picked up that were like on the fly. I was like yeah. reloading. And you sprayed yourself. It was nothing like the old like roll a joint Resident Evils or whatever. Yeah. But this one didn't really have any of that stuff yet. And they told me like it's probably coming, but. Um, We'll see. Uh, it's I like this idea because it sounds to me like it reintroduced tension to Resident Evil, which is something that's been sorely lacking. I, I, yeah. I, obviously, I wasn't there to play it, so there's a lot of fine tuning in the way you're describing it. it. They haven't nailed it all down, but when I have to be, when I have to think about all kinds of things happening around me, when I can't shoot very often, when I have mm-hmm. to evade, that okay, please just do something different with Resident Evil than yeah. what you've been doing for the last two games that made me want to cry when I thought yeah. about them. I, I think the quickest way to actually add tension to something with good mechanics. I mean, the early Resident Evil stuff, it's kind of like, you know, that whole horror movie thing where you're like, no, don't go up, don't go up the stairs, but it's not, it's because you're actually going up the stairs by accident. You know, yeah. You're, you're controlling yeah. them. Well, the, just, the, the old Resident Evil games were basically based on that fear you have when you're having a nightmare, but it's hard for yeah. you to physically move. Yeah, but in this you case, know? it's like people don't want that really, you know, it's kind of, no. that takes away from it. So, but if you add, you know, a multiplayer component, that kind of makes it so that it's, you know, it's actual survival. Yeah. yeah. It's still that weird diagonal alternate universe where, like, uh, Resident Evil is becoming more Call of Duty and becoming more action-y rather than the other alternate universe where everybody gets a bunch of really cool survival horror Resident Evils. And Resident Evil 4, second half of 4 and, and most of 5 kind of drew that split. 
But uh, we'll see. I know a lot of people were really bummed about this game when it was announced because it's mm-hmm. not Resident Evil 7. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that's still coming. This is sort of, sort of like a holdover. But yeah. uh, it's right now it's not the worst thing in the world, but I'm, I'm kind of cautiously optimistic about what it becomes. Because if okay. it goes full crazy Resident Evil, then sign me up. Really cool. <laughs> um, okay, so one thing I want to talk about... Um, Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. Yeah. The beta. That happened. Yeah. Uh, Everyone actually, in this room is a huge Star Wars fan, right? We are. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Played play okay. that beta. Let's yeah. bolt the door and spend the rest of our lives in here talking about how great those fine films are. Yeah. Uh, let's do that. Uh, especially uh, those fine films, the four, the five, the uh, most of the six. Jedi is my favorite. Right? Jedi's your favorite. Yeah. I Even, would say that people always get mad at me, but. Uh, no, nobody should get angry with you about that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Battlefront is without question the most genuine feeling Star Wars game I've ever played. Yeah. Like wow. the sound design, the like walking alongside an at at is mm-hmm. just like nuts. Like the feet crunching in the snow. I'm yep. so glad you said that about uh, the sound design because that that, that that blew me away too. Oh it's yeah, phenomenal. That, the the John Williams score of like the kind of the more lesser known you know, B-side tracks. Dude, from... there's there's a there's a there's a track from Shadows of the Empire in there. Is that like, from that? Yeah, is that, I'm, which is probably what you remember I it from. I think that might. I think it might be because I also had the Empire Strikes yeah. Back soundtrack. I think it might be like a weird track from like like I said the B-sides. Like the, yeah. it's the weird stuff. You maybe it's in a deleted scene or it's yeah. General Raikens talking over it or something. Uh, but yeah, like it's got all these just wonderful like they they got it so so right in terms of the overall. I mean the details, the minutia, the, the kind of the background stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about it in terms of like actually playing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, it's real fun. If it was a, if it was a Battlefield game or a Call of Duty game or anything else, I probably wouldn't be playing it. And I'm playing it because it's Star Wars and it's mm-hmm. really good. It's so well made, but I don't think it's. Like, in a weird way, I don't know if it's scratching that Star Wars itch. No, it almost feels like if somebody took a professional team and put them on making a Battlefield mod for Star Wars. Like, uh, almost like every now and then you download PC mods that were Star Wars-oriented yeah. back in the day, and people would find ways to create stormtroopers or blasters or stick an X-Wing in the background. This is like a professional-level version of that. And because of that incredible sound design and the visuals, you look at the – you know, just seeing the stormtrooper armor and the luster on it is perfect right. even. You know, everything's it's, perfect to yeah. that. And it's a fine running around and shooting. I was having a wonderful time running around shooting stuff. And for me, that's enough. Uh, but I'm a terrible FPS player. And I don't know. You can play it third person. Uh, you can. Uh, I'm also a terrible third person shooter player. So I'm just terrible at video games. you bad at shooting the dudes. Yeah, huh? bad at shooting dudes. Really had a lot of fun uh, running around. And I'm Darth Vader. Woohoo. I can hold guys up in the air and do things. And there's ad ats and there's sounds. I don't know if it, I, I played a lot of, uh, of Battlefront. Uh, before this, and it's just something's missing spiritually really? there. I, Man, that's how I, felt. I, I, I feel like I'm the odd duck in this room. Like, okay, so here's the thing: I one of the things I always appreciated about Star Wars that I feel like the prequels lost were was that the combat was always sort of rudimentary. Mm-hmm. Like it was these guys with these sort of geriatric looking blasters. You had a couple of guys with laser sticks, and then you had a couple thermal detonators here and there. A couple of little explosions went off. And to reduce that to a first person shooter to make it both simple and accessible is a really smart thing to do. Like they basically say you have these three uh, attributes you can add. Yeah. You can have a thermal detonator, you can have this like backpack that will double as a shield, or you can have a jump button, or you can put another sort of uh, explosive or different kind of blaster here. And I felt like um, – so first of all, the of the three modes that were in there, the single player one, which is sort of like a kill wave after wave thing. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Nothing uh, – sort of a time waster, you know? Yeah. Um, 
there was the Hoth level, which was basically massive insanity, just yeah, overwhelming. That was, that was so good. Yeah, it's, it's that's great. The, that's the juice. juice well, I, I, it's it's twenty on twenty. But for me, Drop Zone was so much fun. I absolutely love playing Drop Zone, which is basically uh, it's like an eight versus eight. I think it's or seven versus seven, whatever it is, eight versus eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, match where you're on that new planet that you see see for like a few seconds in one of the Force Awakens uh, trailers. Um, And basically every few seconds or every few minutes, uh, a a pod drops from the sky, kind of like the ones that C-3PO and R2 came in on. Um, And it lands and you have to take it over and then protect it. And it's this very dynamic version of Capture the Flag. Uh, Now, just describing that sounds a little rudimentary and a little Mm -hmm. boring, but it's actually really fun because of the the way that it's rebels versus stormtroopers. You don't really get to pick who you want to be. And you jump in there, and it's this absolute insane battle between these very intimate teams fighting over this one pivot point that one of them wins over. And then that disappears and another one drops in. And you try to capture, you know, four or five of them in a few minutes. And this mode really, really spoke to me. It just yeah. totally grabbed me. Hmm. And because of the diversity in way you can, you know, throw a detonator, you can uh, shoot things up close. There's also people who can get kind of ion cannons from a distance. There's these pickups that you can get on the field that sort of flip it up a little bit. And then that that jump, right, that mm-hmm. jetpack. Yeah. Like watching a stormtrooper. Just jetpack in and start blasting you from above or doing that to somebody else was really, really fun to me. Okay. I think you've got a good point there. I think that, that the Celis situation, in particular Drop Zone, it, it, the map design is really good. Yeah. Even though it's a small map, there's yeah. a lot of places to hide, a mm-hmm. lot of angles to come from, but it still allows rapid motion. It's a really carefully designed map. But both there and on Hoth, there was something – what I felt like was missing was that I never felt like I was doing anything special. I was mm-hmm. in a world that's beautiful and wonderful, but part of Star Wars is feeling special. Now, being a hero and being all powerful, that was neat. But when I play like Battlefront Two and you're playing like a fleet battle thing, you know, you're flying into an enemy ship to leap out, to take over, to take over control panel, to lower the shield, yeah. so that your team could blow it and explode the whole. Whereupon in this game, I was defending escape pods and relay stations. Even when it came to attacking the the Adat on Hoth, I'm really just standing at a point so that a Y wing I'm not controlling can fly in and lower sure. a bar. And yeah. even though I realized that's all window dressing, I didn't feel like I was doing anything special. So wow. I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head. This feels like a really, really big budget mod. And if it's a mod that makes me care about the game, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. And like that's the thing is I the beta was free. We got to play a free Star Wars game for yeah. a bunch of hours. And the game's going to come out and... You know, we'll we'll probably still all play it, and I think it's going to have that. I've said this before. I think, I think it's going to have that Titanfall effect, where it's a multiplayer only game, and everyone plays it for a bunch of time, and plays the same maps over and over again, and shoots each other a whole lot, and probably racks up a dozen hours or so at least, mm-hmm. but walks away from it being like that didn't feel like much time at all. You know, and it's like, right. well, you got if you'd been playing a campaign based game that lasted the same amount of time, it wouldn't feel as repetitive. Yeah, but I feel like we're we're. And I've been doing this for a while with this game, but I'm, I'm coming around to it. But I think we're chastising this game for being something that it's not. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, no. Like, let, me, you, let, me, let me kind of hit on this further. Um, there's a lot of stuff that if you, if you modded Battlefront into being not a Star Wars game, mm-hmm. I feel like that wouldn't be that hard either. You know, like there's a lot of stuff in there that is just kind of an analog for Battlefield stuff, you know? Like mm-hmm. there's there's jets, there's helicopters, there's tanks, there's things that are, I mean, they're, they're 
real life versions of the stuff that you're doing. What we don't have is I was really hoping there'd be like dewbacks or wampas or just some kind of critters that are like. I think there totally will be though. I mean, they're you think to- so? yes, I think there totally will be. I'm I think that, that they're just going to be. I think that this game, this game is going to send sell 10 million copies. I think a bunch of people are going to sign up for the season pass and they are going to pump this thing with content for ages because that's what they did with the, with the battlefield games. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to t- be treated very well. The fact that we got this this mm-hmm. little slice of it for free over the weekend that was basically three different yeah. modes, bo- all yeah. of which were completely different on completely different settings, and that we're going to get you know a dozen maps at launch and then plenty more planets down the line. I think we're going to see that. Like I think this is going to be that huge mixtape of Star Wars stuff. Now, what it's never going to be is that sort of like here's the story no, of, no, of, of a young we, moisture no. farmer taking over we know, the galaxy. No, no, we, we, know know we know that. But yeah. I, I, and I, we're, I don't want to be unfair to it. Again, it is a slice. We have to be careful there. And I want to be clear. If I, if I had spent $60 for this, bought it, and got what I think I'm going to get out of the full game based on this impression, mm-hmm. I would feel like, yeah, I, I got a good game out of this. I mm-hmm. had fun. Yeah. But it's in a, in a world where I can walk out and buy Metal Gear 5 or this – um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go buy Metal Gear 5. I, yeah. I guess that's it. It's, 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 simple. A, it's simple. Yeah, it's simple it's fun and cool and neat. And if you can afford to buy lots and lots of games, buy this. But yeah. if this is my my one big Christmas present game, no, I won't something. Yeah. See, Ma- Metal Gear was the kind of game I would sit down and I would play for seven hours straight and yeah. go, where did the time go? But Battle uh, Star Wars, is. I feel like this is the kind of game where I can get in 30 minutes of rounds before work mm-hmm. or like get home. Like this morning that's I saw... A, yeah, that's a good point. This morning I saw a tweet that was like, oh, the... the Beta ends in three hours, and I I scrambled out of bed, and I ran in the other room. My wife's asleep, and I, I turned on the coffee pot, and I went in the other room, and I, I turned it on and, and started playing immediately. The second it ended, I I went to pre-order the season pass. Like yeah, I was really just, yeah. I'm like I'm all in on this. I love mm-hmm. I love the idea of it. I love the sound design of it. I love I love playing it. The graphics are great. I like that it's a, and people are gonna hate me for this. Uh, I like that it's probably the first first person shooter in a very long time. It's kind of casual yeah, and kind of that. easy to get into. That doesn't feel like it's constantly punishing me for not being as good as everybody else. Now, in three months, when everyone's destroying me in this yeah. game, I might be playing a different flute. <laughs> but well, right now, well, that level cap helps. People can only get up to five, so they can't out perk right. you, out equip right. you. You know, there, there's that the card system, which, by the way, this thing kind of neat. Yeah. One other thing, I think we'd be remiss if we don't mention the fighter combat sucks. Um, the fighters are neat, but the fighters oh the heroes sucks. No the the uh, the A wings the the Tie mm-hmm. fighters. The, oh yeah, so I wasn't the fighter combat is oh, it's a awful. it's a battle. I'm actually I'm not it's, wild I'm not yeah. wild about the vehicles. But this in there. is Star Wars, yeah. uh, so that's not okay. Yeah. yeah, you know what you know what else bugs me about that like a lot is the fact that they're not vehicles as much as they are like pickups like power ups. Yeah, like, you don't you you like crouch down and you like get in your little pose and then suddenly you're just in the ship. Yeah, and I don't know if they're gonna change that, but like. I kind of want to be my little dude who, like, what's the point of having, like, a cosmetic version of yourself in the game, like your avatar, your your rebel soldier, if you're not seeing yourself jump into your A-Wing? Yeah. Oh, so like, do you do you want a thing where you're, like, running around Hoth and you see an A-Wing and you hop into it? Okay, yeah. I, I, I totally if, agree with that. would be so cool yeah. if they just, if, they sp- if the new ship spawned regularly. I, I'm, I'd love that. Yeah, I'm totally cool with that. But if you're going to give me atmospheric combat in a multiplayer game, I, it needs to be at least as competent as, say, uh, Rogue Squadron, which was designed in the late 90s. Uh, yeah. I mean, I need... It stunk. And this mm. is Star Wars, and that's not okay. Yeah. I, I, felt, they, the same, I felt the same way uh, piloting some of the vehicles. And also, I mean, I think a problem with it was uh, that the tutorial is completely grayed out. 
but I think for most people, they're not going to go through that anyway. So your your ships should just fly well. Uh, yeah. I thought controlling an ATST was awesome. <laughs> that was no, no. Like, the ground vehicles I was fine with. Yeah, uh, it's it's the, you're, you're right. It's the A wing, the the tie, the tie mm-hmm. interceptor, the X wing. Those were what felt. I kept nice. getting into the A wings and flying directly into the ADAT's head to try to knock it down because that worked on every time I had extra lives to burn in uh, Rogue Squadron. I would do that, and it just it, it didn't work. It doesn't. Yeah. It, it barely. Get, makes well, that's because they non canonically put shields on the ATAT. Yeah. Which yeah. and by the way, Imperial Star Destroyers are not lower atmosphere. Well, there's craft. a lot what of non- they doing in the sky. About a lot of non canonical stuff happening in this game. Some of it I'm okay with. Some of it I'm not. Uh, Hector Paul Bossa says, "Does it upset you that the Luke Skywalker in Star Wars Battlefront is not chronologically correct?" And what he means by that is that you you see the Jedi Luke Skywalker yep. on Hoth in his you know his black suit with the with he's already got the the robot hand. He's got a green like lightsaber and the green lightsaber. And I think the main reason they did that is to keep him sort of... Uh, well, I was thinking about this. Like, did they keep him separate from everything else that's going on and not just put him in Hoth gear? But then I remember that in on Hoth, he was wearing an orange jumpsuit. Yeah, well, he wears an yeah. orange jumpsuit before that. He, and he has the suit that he strips down to on Dagobah, the brown thing. Yeah. But I think the real reason is... Uh, my guess is because Vader shows up black and gets that white snow easy. Yeah. And black Luke shows up the same way and that way with that green saber yeah. and the, against that blue sky and the black outfit. He's just easier to spot, sure. which equals things out for the I teams. also... You know what else is not canon is... Uh, fighting against uh, rebel troopers named uh, the Juicy Balls 112. Yeah, that was a little uh, weird. Just, I mean, it's it's a multiplayer game. There's always going to be that level of. Thankfully, there wasn't. There weren't any teenagers shouting at each other on the headset mics. This but. morning, I kept getting murdered by a Bieber fan. Oh, that guy. Yeah, I. He's really good. He's really good at that game. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no. Like I. I guess I'm. I'm hoping that you know. I hope you're right, Brian. I hope that the the season pass stuff. I hope that they like. Some of that season pass stuff is going to be Force Awakens stuff that's actually Force Awakens stuff, yeah. not just a planet that they're showing the battle that took place on previously. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Like, the second Force Awakens is out, it would not surprise me one bit if they were like, hey, so remember that movie that everyone just saw? Well, guess what we have coming out in a month and a half? You get to fly the new orange X-Wing. Yep, and yep, yep. Uh, Get that Kylo Ren exactly. saber, kids. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the vehicles were, were slightly problematic to me. I thought the gunplay was fantastic. Oh, yes, I, the gunplay's I, great. I, I thought, like, pulling off... There were times, and I haven't done this in a while, but there were times where I'd pull off something and want to drop the controller to clap and cheer. Yeah. Like, where I was just... Because it was just this perfect moment of Star Wars where I'm looking in the... There's, you know, the, just... Star Destroyers and on the side there's crashed uh, TIE Fighters and X-Wings next to me I'm in this heated battle with a Stormtrooper it, the blasters are making the perfect noises mm-hmm. it was just like perfect moments of Star Wars and then like you get shot and it kicks you to that like loading screen for a second oh, it the... says Dub Bieber fan or whatever the hell yeah. it is and it, it, it does kind of pull you out of it that, I'll give you but that that, uh, that turnaround is so is so sweet it's like, so the fast fact yeah. that there's not they're not like oh you're gonna count down 12 seconds because no. you're bad at the game and you should be punished and that's why I love yeah. Drop Zone because every time I got shot in the head I'm like I gotta run back and protect this shit for my friends. Yeah, it's technically impressive. The beta was yeah. I was really, really struck by so it. So we'll see. I mean, I, I'd love to check in with you guys in a few months and see if my, you know, $50 investment of the season pass uh, has paid off. Uh, I've, I've gone on record on the show numerous times to say that uh, buying something preemptively before you know if it's going to be good, Batman especially, was a huge, huge problem for anyone to put that kind of money into it because it hasn't delivered yet. But still, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I like. Has Phantom Menace taught you nothing? I'm yes. kind of hoping. I'm kind of hoping that my my lowered expectations and sort of preemptive underwhelmment el- underwhelmed mist. Mm-hmm. I can't. I just can't talk. That was seven words. That was not a word at all. That was underwhelmed nature. <laughs> of, whatever. But yeah, like I I hope that it makes me 
overwhelmed with how cool the game is when it's out. Like, yeah. I'll still play it. I'm still going to play it. It's, Star, it's a, the first new Star Wars game we've yep. gotten in a while. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, the beta is a beta. You know, yep. what are you going to do? Um, let's hope they tweak some stuff and we get a Wampa in there. November 17th. That's full version. Up, coming up yep. real soon. Uh, okay. We got some. Uh, we got some quick. Some quick picks. Is that Doing what they're quick called? Picks? Rapid fire. Rapid. Quick picks. Rapid, rapid fire. Rapid fire. With, with Brondo. Brondo Alfondo. All right. right let's here. get in there with real, real dark, real quick. Clyde Reeves Nowuski says, or Nawuksi asks, "What's the saddest a video game has ever made you, Jared?" Oh, uh, that might that. <laughs> wow, I've got frozen. Um, gone home. Um, that was gonna be mine. I played Gone. Oh wow! I didn't. Yeah. Need to, so I. No, no, no. I played Gone Home backwards by accident. You know the brilliance of that game. People don't give enough credit for the way the level design is. Um, you can approach that house from any angle. It, there's no scripting to force you to go one you way go or in another. The you, you can go in a lot. No, I don't know if you can. You got to go through but that once, porch. You, once you you're inside, you get the idea. Once the you're inside, you can go anywhere you want, and there's a lot of different paths that interlock, and all those paths tell stories when you're picking up the stuff together. Yeah. So. I found the secret passage in the closet like a minute into the game by accident. So I took the house backwards from where they expect you to. And what that meant was I'm down in the basement and I found this book that this guy's so proud that he's written. It's like stored away in the basement. Hold on, hold on. You gonna do that thing again? Where you thing. talk about a game and you just spoil the hell out of the game for anybody who maybe hasn't played it? No, but I'm gonna spoil a tiny moment and it's not well, gonna spoil the game. Okay. Uh, I, I think that I think this is fair. Is this too long a story? I can stop. Um uh, I don't know. Can you? Uh, I've got it just quick here. You find a book. <laughs> Tell, Dad us. Wrote Tell it. us how much Dad, answer is yes. Dad wrote this book, and the book is good. Um, but you look inside, and it's a note from his father talking about how disappointed he is, wasting his right, life right, writing right. this crap. Whoa. And it says, you can do better at the bottom. You can do better. His father writes that. Two hours later, when I've almost finished the game, and I get upstairs, and I walk into the dad's study, and I've gotten into this whole family through reading all the crap around their house. And I walk into his study, and it was like somebody punched me in the stomach. Like over his desk is a giant handwritten sign that says you can do better. And I realized that he'd written that – he'd gotten that note decades before. And wow. here's this man whose whole life has been dominated by that mm. one thought. That's awesome. And it's just – it molded who he is. And I I teared up. I like I, – I got sick a little. So that's that's mine. Gone home. That's great. Yeah, I agree. Max, do you have one? Um – yeah, Metal Gear Solid 2. Really? Yeah. Uh, so Metal Gear Solid has always been like one of my just most – like I've been thinking about it a lot lately just because I love Phantom Pain so much. And I honestly feel like it is a culmination of every game I've wanted at different stages in my life. Like from <laughs> when I was in fifth grade and I was like checking uh, – you know, checking weird military books out of the library or when I was running around in my yard playing hide-and-seek, like, or when I was an adult and I was like, they really should cross Gundam with Kim Wilde. Um, <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> – Metal Gear Solid 2 was a game – uh, it was a game I just I played with my best friend who we we bonded over games. He was my next door neighbor. Yep. Um, you know, just I think he I don't know if he listens to the show or not. Anyway, but he um, we played the game a lot together. We played that uh, that Metal Gear Solid Two demo disc for an entire summer. Uh, this is when I lived in Connecticut, and it was I was uh, I just finished freshman year. Uh, we played that game backwards and forwards. We made smiley faces with the trank darts and the guards' faces. We made them hump each other. We <laughs> kicked doors off lockers. And all the stuff he did in that in that weird little tanker level thing. Uh, and then I moved out to California uh, in about August. And moving from from Connecticut, which is you know a state over from New York, uh, to California, which is sort of 
disconnected from that is a, is a long a long big leap. And I was trying to find footage of that in the first ten minutes of the hit film, The Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah, that's you true. You can you can learn all about that's that. True. There. It was it was not it was not dissimilar. It was me and my mom in our the little compact car. We came across the country, and you guys both had uh, cool hair. We moved to <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you mean a small Japanese man that taught you the ways of martial no, arts? No, 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 no. Um, we so we we moved to you know town in, in she dresses a shower for shut, Halloween. Shut up! <laughs> shut up! Um, a week after I moved to uh, California, 9-11 happened. Oh, and now the we thing feel is, bad for is living Max. in living in Connecticut, like oh, friends' parents went to work in New York. Like yeah. it was right. Yeah. It's right there. You're from Jersey. You get yeah. this too. Like yeah, I was in New York it for was, it. Yeah, it's an immediate thing. Mm-hmm. In California, it was sort of like this thing on TV. You know? Yeah. It was this weird, distant thing. Um. And meanwhile, I'm, you know, mid puberty and just everything's miserable because I'm the new kid and I'm I'm chubby and I'm from out of town and I don't understand what the hell anything is. And I'm looking forward to Metal Gear Solid 2. That's all I want. I don't even have a PS2. Um, and I make friends with this kid, Matt, and he's sort of like this, he's, you know, he's a, he's a friend who was in my, in my homeroom class. And uh, I went to his house one time and like... He's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, oh, we should we should run a game or whatever. And I think I was more like, hey, can can we can I come over to your house and run a game? Like, and he'd like just bought his PS2, and he's like, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, Metal Gear Solid 2, you got to play this game. And so we rent Metal Gear Solid 2, and we pop it in, and I think like, I think like, I don't even remember what it was that that just hit me. I think there was some some boss fight or something, or we got in some stupid fight, like the way a couple teenagers will when they get together, and I just like. I just like broke down crying because it was like oh. this was a game that was like it was what I did with my best friend and I'm playing with this like I'm well f- I mean I'm I'm excited to play this cool game about Solid Snake and that's not Solid Snake and I want to play this game with my best friend and that's not my best friend this is like I mean it wasn't I wasn't mad that you're playing as Raiden it was just kind of this like everything came crashing down around this like playing this game I'd been waiting for 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 like years you know wow. like when I went to summer camp I had um. I had that one issue of uh, PSM that had the uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 cover on it that was done by, like, um, uh, Joe Madera. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, like, this badass picture of Snake. And that's what, like, that's the magazine that reminded me I should, like, watch Escape from New York. Like, that was right. – and I read that thing backwards and forwards. Like, I should have been I should have been hiding in my bunk, like, reading a porno magazine because I was 14 or whatever. But instead I was – In the game was, or in – no, and, and, and well, I guess you can, you, can, you can also do that. You can go to the locker and, and kiss the kiss the posters. Yeah, <laughs> real sexy game. Um, but no, like I was just obsessed with it, and I was really excited about it. And then it was like a lot of stuff cha- was changing in my life at the same time. And uh, I don't know, it just it, I, I I broke down. Like I was a mess. And my friend was like, uh, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Well, no, n- nothing is okay. Everything's kind of weird right now." Um, you know, and uh, the happy ending of that story is that, that the following summer, my best friend flew out to stay with me. He brought his PS2, and the first thing he did was just power through Metal Gear Solid 2. Oh, okay, that's that's great. And story. we uh, awesome. we made our, our file name um, Funky Chimp Sex. So when we beat the game... A little less golden because of that. And Snake's like, who is this mysterious soldier? Who? What is his name? And he throws dog tags down on the, you know, the halls, halls of liberty or whatever the hell it is, and he... Just this funky chimp sex, and we're just like, <laughs> yeah, buddy. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a all right special series, man. I don't even. I, I got a lot of more. I'm not even asking more questions because that's that's pretty much the yeah. peak right there. If you st- if you still hate Max Scoville after that, you're just you're statistically you're an asshole <laughs> or a snake eater fan. Yeah, one of the or other. a funky <laughs> chimp sexer. <laughs> man, thank you um, for that. Yeah, sure. That's yeah. Amazing. Um, I, wow. I, one of these days I'll, I'll write something about how the, the Phantom Pain is just perfect and i don't know what to do after that um 
On that note, let's uh, let's wrap things up. It's very hot in here. It it's is very hot. It's very toasty. Also wearing a jean jacket. Yep. I could um, remove my shirt and review my. So that hot PlayStation that passion in here. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm Max Scoville. Brian, you're Agent Bizzle. That's right. And Jared, you are Petty, comma Jared. I am. Uh, and uh, if you would like to see the work that we're doing, uh, Brian and I do up at noon. That's, that's right. Every mm-hmm. Thursday we do it live noon, noon Pacific, Pacific time. Uh, uh, and then we break out little bits of that so you can catch. We have it. Adam Sessler on this week yeah, for Adam the full episode. Yeah, Adam Sessler is going to be on for the whole episode. Which is really awesome. Friday the Thirteenth, the game. I, I grew. I, I grew up watching him on TV. You you did too. You also worked with him for a while. Mm-hmm. I grew. Um, I grew up uh, sitting next to him while he ate his lunch. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. I don't know if that we were growing up. It was like a few I'm years. Still ago. Gr- we're all still. We're all still kind of growing up. The closest up. thing we have to an elder statesman, isn't he? That's right. Uh, yeah. Max and I also do another podcast called The Comedy Button. It's about to hit its four year anniversary. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Two hundredth right. episode. You can pretty much start anywhere on that show if you're looking for another fun podcast from us, b- Dirty yeah. Boys. Jared's been bit, on it before. Do you remember which episode number you were on? I don't remember the episode number. It was a couple uh, weeks ago. Yeah, a couple just, months ago. Just, just Google best comedy button episode. I you can do that. Yep. that then yeah. There you go. Find me there. Um, yeah. Thanks, Jared. What are you working on? Yeah, uh, what are you I'm doing a little bit of everything. I'm getting ready for Fallout to fall on my head, uh, mm-hmm. but... Uh, we're uh, we're working on some th- some exciting Fallout things that I'm about You're ready to of... announce. I can think I can announce okay. it next week. N- news and some preview stuff and some do, feature do you, stuff. Do you have some, it? Uh, what's that? Do you have it? Uh, no, no, I don't have it yet. You sure? Um, yeah, I'm sure. You lying uh, to me? I'm not lying to you. Uh, I would just be evasive if I had it. Mm-hmm. So no, we don't have it yet. But there is some there's some cool IGN Fallout stuff coming out the pipeline that I don't think a lot of people have heard about yet. Nice so coming out of the soon. vault. Uh, coming out of the vault. There Actually, that's that's. More apt than you would might you say know. it's it's going to be really? uh, ra- one, totally rad. One might say it's a Vault IGN. Uh, stay tuned. Um, so yeah, there's uh, some neat stuff going on there. And uh, outside of work, um, Angie's getting better. I spend a lot of times on the weekends just enjoying being able to do things like walk around, and uh, yeah. that's good. But when you're not um, walking, you're doing something I'm very envious of this month, which is you are watching 31 horror movies in just 31 for, days. Just for fun. I'm, I'm not like blogging about so it. I'm not making videos. That. I'm just doing it. And last night was Disney's Halloween treat, which is the old uh, – uh, we do TV shows too sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. And I'm going over to Miller's tonight. I don't know what we're going to watch yet. We haven't decided. Um, just cool. for fun. Yeah. And uh, Well – there we are. Uh, what do we, what do we, we didn't do Essential 50. We'll do that next time. Um, there is a Beyond PS4 community called Podcast Beyond. There is There are 1.5 thousand people in there. There is a 10,000 people cap. So if you want to join a PlayStation community on PSN, get in there. Yeah, let's get more go, people in there. Apparently you can't find it through searching. So that's difficult. That's weird. I didn't yeah, know Yeah, I was asking for instructions on how to get in there. The smarter people than I have those instructions. The, the, Close your eyes. Sony, get it together. Yeah. Just, just If you have you launch this stuff and then you can't just let people in there, it's a problem. Yeah, plug a connect uh, into your PS4 and shout at it. Yeah, that's Try right. That. Scream into your PlayStation eye. Until Tap it your closes. heels together three times say there's no place like home. <laughs> yeah, so it's a podcast beyond community. Uh, go look for that. If you can't find it, uh, the good old folks at the Podcast Beyond Facebook group will show you the way. They will. Beautiful. That's They're right. Kind. All right. On that note, Beyond. 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 Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.